Well, this morning, I'm, uh, I'm happy to introduce our speaker, Pastor Ebenezer Andreas. Uh, pastor Ebenezer is the lead pastor of Parazim Church here in the Twin Cities. Uh, he's also the host of uh, the Shaping the Culture podcast, which you guys should check out. It's really good. Um, and as he's walking up on stage this morning, would, would you just uh, pray with me for him and for our time together this morning? God, thank you so much for Pastor Ebenezer, what he's going to bring. Thanks for the message you've placed on his heart for, uh, for us today. And we just pray, God, that, that this would glorify you. You'd be in this and, and that you'd get the honor and the praise this morning. In your name we pray. Amen. Let's welcome Pastor Ebenezer to the stage. How are you guys doing today? You guys doing well? Yeah, I like that energy over here in the front. Uh, I actually used to be a student here. I used to be in the back left corner doing homework during chapel. And so if I see you doing homework, I won't judge you. Uh, Maybe, maybe not. (laughs) Uh, It is an honor and a privilege to be here with you guys. Uh, We're going to be in... 1 John chapter 1, we'll go through the whole chapter, so the message will be about an hour and a half long. I'm just kidding, I'm just kidding. (laughs) I'm going to read over the text, we'll pray, and then we'll see what God has for us. It goes like this, that which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked at, and our hands have touched. This we proclaim concerning the word of life. The life appeared, we have seen it and testified to it, and we proclaim to you the eternal life which was with the Father and has appeared to us. We proclaim to you that what we have seen and heard, so that you may also have fellowship with us, and our fellowship is with the Father and with the Son, Jesus Christ. We write this to make our joy complete. This is the message we have heard from him and declare to you, God is light, in him there is no darkness at all. If we claim to have fellowship with him and yet walk in the darkness, we lie and do not live out the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. This is one of my favorite verses right here. If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. If we claim we have not sinned, we make him out to be a liar and his word not in us. Uh, Let's pray. God, we thank you uh, for all the students in this room. We thank you for this opportunity that we have to come together and learn from your word. Uh, Father, I pray in this moment, in this time that you may lead the conversation. May I get out of the way. If I say anything that is not of you, may they quickly forget. But everything that is of you, Father, I pray that we may meditate on, that we may chew on, that we may wrestle with. Um, And Father, that we would not just be hearers of the word, but doers of the word. Uh, Would you meet us in this time? Would you be honored and glorified? In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. If I were to entitle this message, I would call it Life Together. Uh, We live in a day and age where we are the most connected we've ever been. We've got Instagram, TikTok, Facebook. Anybody in here still use Facebook? Oh, okay. I used to, uh, all right, I thought the young people were on TikTok. All right, we're on Facebook, uh, Snapchat. Anybody on Snapchat? 
All right, we're gonna pr we're gonna have an altar call for you afterwards because. Snatch, you need to delete that app, all right? <laughs> um, we got all these apps. We've been way more connected than we've ever been. But at the very same time, we are extremely lonely as a society. For one reason or another, we don't feel connected. Even now, we can be in this room full of people and still feel like I'm alone. I don't really have anybody. John here is talking about fellowship. And uh, I'm going to try to do my best in our time here together to properly and adequately articulate John's thoughts. In the first few verses, John talks about his relationship with Jesus. He says, our fellowship with the Father was real. We got to see him. We got to touch him. We got to experience him. We got to walk with him. Right? I love it because before John talks about fellowshipping with others, he first talks about his fellowship with the Father. Because how many of you guys know, in order for healthy communities to thrive, we must have healthy relationship with God. Before we can do relationship with each other, we must do relationship with the Father, right? I'm the kind of guy that when I wake up in the morning, uh, I need my time with God and some coffee before engaging with anybody. Um, do you have roommates here that would just talk as soon as you guys wake up, the alarm goes off and they just, just start yapping? I'm like, fam, it's six in the morning. This is unnecessary, right? <laughs> There's no reason why you should be talking, right? I, I need to even pray yet. Let me get my cup of coffee before I deal with you. I love this because John is saying, I've got this amazing relationship with the Father. He's real to me. You see, my relationship with the Father is not just chapel credits. My relationship with the Father is not just my Sunday service attendance. Like, no, 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 I, I actually fellowship with him on the daily. I, I talk to him in the shower. I talk to him when I'm walking to class. I talk to him when I'm doing homework. I'm always thinking of him. I'm reading my scripture. I'm letting him speak to me. I'm experiencing him. I'm seeing him. The spirit of God is opening my eyes as I open up this word. I have fellowship with the Father. Before we can talk about fellowship with one another, we have to get our fellowship with the Father correct. And then he goes on in verse 3 to say, we proclaim to you what we have seen and heard so that you also may have fellowship with us, and our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. Um, so John does something interesting here. He talks about his relationship with the Father, and then when it's time for him to go make friends. You, you ever been on Instagram, and you look at somebody's story, before you follow them, you just check out their profile a little bit, could we be friends? Can I trust this person, right? Uh, I'm an observer. I don't really talk much. Before I engage, I'm peeping out the room. I'm, I'm seeing what personalities are like. And, and John, before he makes any new friends, he understands the basis of his friendship is going to be on his relationship with the Father. What he wants to do as he makes new friends is he wants to invite others into this fellowship that he has with the Father. Why is that interesting? It's interesting because nowadays in 2022, the way in which we make new friends are based on what? Commonalities. You like basketball? I like basketball. Let's be friends. You like hip hop? 
I like hip hop. Let's be friends. And if you don't like hip hop, we're going to have a second altar call for you at the end of the service, right? You like Starbucks? I like Starbucks. Yeah. I knew I was going to get some amens for that one in here. <laughs> what, you like math? I like math. Let's be friends, right? How do we engage with people? You have to have a commonality with me, but John is not interested on commonalities. John is not considering what kind of food you like to eat. Why? Because you and I will always outgrow our commonalities. When I was in college, I would love to go to China One with my friends all the time. You guys go to China? Anybody here know about China One? Let that bless you and minister to you after uh, service. Just check it out. There's one not too far. And we would eat that thing up all the time, me and my friends. But I'm at that age, right? I'm in my 30s. And I can't eat Chinese food like I once did, right? It just doesn't sit well. I got to prepare for it, right? I can't just have it as many times. Well, I outgrow it. When I was in college, I would play basketball every day. I'm at a point in my life, y'all, can I confess, is this a safe space? Where before I play basketball, I need to take Advil. I need to stretch. And I got a time limit. Because if I don't do those things, my body's going to kill me afterwards, Right? We outgrow our commonalities, but one thing we don't outgrow in the faith is our relationship with the Father. When I was a student here, um, I had a really good friend, um, went by the name of Jake, and every time I would invite my friend Jake to play basketball with us, he would play. And then every time he would ask me to play broomball, I'd be like, ah, Jake, uh, I don't play broomball, all right? Uh, that's just not how I was raised. That's not my cultural preference. Like, I, I don't know if you could tell I'm black, right? <laughs> we, black people just don't play broomball. And one day we were at the eagle's nest. It's a true story. And he, he just got frustrated with me. He's like, bro, like, how come you never play broomball with us? And then he said something I'll never forget over 10 years ago. He said, you think I play basketball because I enjoy basketball? He said, I play basketball because I want to build fellowship with you. And though basketball is not my preference, I engage in a basketball game because I want to build deep community with you. I got super convicted. And the next day, in the middle of February, I went out and played broomball and I froze my butt off. (laughs) This is what John is communicating. Before we talk about What it looks like to build healthy friendships. We got to build a healthy friendship with the Father and let that guide and rule all of our lives. And when we let our fellowship with the Father reign supreme in our lives, we pick friends differently. And I'm not against commonalities. I'm not against picking friends that uh, share this. Like, please don't hear me wrong. I'm not saying find people that don't like what you like. I'm saying, what is the foundation of our fellowship? John says, when I'm looking for friends, I'm looking for people that can grow deep in God with me. You want to know what's crazy? In our relationship with the Father, you don't ever outgrow your faith. You only grow deeper in it. See, with basketball and coffee and all these other things, You get older and your hobbies begin to change, your commitments begin to change, your interests begin to change. But Jesus is, he's eternal. 
And if we can build friendships and community surrounding our fellowship with him, oh, we will have friendships that will last for eternity. Then he goes on to say this. This is the message we have heard from him and declare to you. God is light. In him there is no darkness at all. If we claim to have fellowship with him and yet walk in the darkness, we lie and do not live out the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. So John talks about fellowshipping with the Father and that being the premise for our fellowship with one another. And then he goes about talking about walking in the light. So I, I want to walk in the light. To walk with the Father in the light means to fellowship with others. And then he says something profound here. He says, if we claim to have fellowship with him and yet walk in the darkness, we lie, do not live out the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with another, and the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. This is, this is intr- interesting to me because I used to think growing up that walking in the light means I'm walking a sinless life. That what it means like to walk in light means to be holy, to be set apart, to not struggle. Right? I don't know. Is this is me where I was like, man, if I'm walking in the darkness, that means I'm committing sin. Walking in the darkness means I'm doing things I shouldn't be doing. Walking in the darkness means I'm sinning against God. But John flips the script on us. He says, if you walk in the light, there's forgiveness for you. What? What does that mean? How, how can I be walking in the light and be forgiven? It's because John is communicating to us that walking in the light and in fellowship with the Father and one another has nothing to do with you living a perfect life. Walking in the light is not about living a sinless life. I hope this sets some people free this morning. Walking in the light is not about doing everything right. Walking in the light means this bringing your sin to the light. What John is inviting his readers to is an opportunity to have deep fellowship with one another and with God by confessing your sin. Um, growing up, this, 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 I, I, I read this and I, and I had some issues with it because growing up in my culture, um, Snitches get stitches, <laughs> all right? You, you, don't, you don't snitch for no reason or at all. And John is saying, if I want to walk in the light, I got to snitch on myself? Come on, John, like this seems unpractical. What do you mean I got to tell on myself? But here's the reality of it all. John is for your freedom and John is for your fellowship. How could you be truly loved if you're not truly known? That's the problem with social media. You put on the filters. You got, yeah, anybody else? This is me too. My friend is here. He's posted a lot of pictures for me. I got to get the angles right. You know what I'm saying? The lighting got to hit right. 
Y'all looking at me like I'm the only one in this room. Don't judge. I know how y'all be posting on social media. The lighting, the angle has to be right. And then you got to crop it a certain way. And then you might throw a filter on there. Like nobody's going to see the original photo because the original photo shows some blemishes. And what John is inviting us into is to show people the blemishes so that we can walk in fellowship with the Father. Deep, intimate relationships require confession. It requires you to snitch on yourself. I got another college story for you. I was a part of a discipleship group here when I was at Northwestern. And up until this point in my life, I had never confessed sin, ever. And I remember we were sitting in our mentor's living room and he just said it. All right, guys, it was was a five, six group of young men. And he's like, all right, let's uh, start confessing sin. I was like, whoa, (laughs) what are we talking about here? And luckily I was the last one there. And so he just starts, different guys start going and, and confessing sin. And the first guy, I'll never forget it, he was sitting next to his roommate and he began to confess and he began to say things like, I'm really jealous of you. Now, my ego just, just had issues with that. Bro, you never tell another man you're jealous of him. <laughs> you never tell another man that you wish you were like him. This, you're breaking all the rules. And then he began to talk about, man, I just feel like on the soccer field, the coach gives you more playing time. I feel like women give you more looks. I feel like you're more popular. I feel like you can do no wrong. And deep down, I'm growing a resentment towards you because I, I want the attention you get. And he began to cry. And I'm, I'm uncomfortable. I'm sinking in my seat. It's like, bro, don't talk about this. <laughs> like, keep this to yourself. And then the next guy starts to confess. He's like, yeah, I'm not really addicted to pornography, but Instagram is my way of looking at things I shouldn't be looking at. It's safe, you know, nobody's going to judge you for having an Instagram. But I I use Instagram to lust. And then the next guy begins to confess, and I'm very uncomfortable at this point. I'm thinking, get me out immediately. (laughs) And then by the time it got to my my turn, I didn't didn't have the courage. I I didn't have the strength to say that I was struggling. And so I was like, you know, it's a good season with me and God. We're good. Later we'll read, John calls me a liar, <laughs> right? You, you're not telling the truth, bro. You're strong. Even in your good seasons, even in seasons where you're loving Jesus, you know that on your best day, the Bible says it's still a filthy rag. Like you still fall short a million times, even on your best days. And, and I left that, that Bible study challenged. I left that Bible study uncomfortable. But you know what I said? God, if this is what you're calling us into, help me. So slowly but surely, I began to confess. I began to share. I began to open up. I began to walk in the light. And the freedom that I felt, the wholeness that I felt, and the deep relationship that I was able to build with my brothers, and watch this, none of us had anything in common. <laughs> they like playing broomball. I like playing basketball. Like their friend groups were different than mine. The only thing that brought us together, and here's the reality of it all, 
I had way more deep and intimate relationships with those guys than with the guys that I had things in common with. We'd sit around and talk about Jay-Z and Kanye West, but they didn't know me. We'd sit and we'd talk about LeBron James versus Kobe Bryant, but they didn't know me. We'd sit and we'd go to Lecrae concerts, but they didn't know me. And I began to realize what God is trying to communicate through John in 1 John, that in order to have deep, meaningful fellowship with the Father and deep, meaningful relationship with one another, we must walk in the light. I must tell on myself. There's a verse I want to read for you guys. In Psalms 32, verse 3 to 5, it says this, When I kept silent, my bones wasted away through my groaning all day long. For day and night your hand was heavy on me. My strength was sapped as in the heat of summer. Then I acknowledged my sin to you and did not cover up my iniquity. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord and you will forgive the guilt of my sin. This is David speaking. He's carrying his secrets. He's carrying his sin. He's not opening it up. He's keeping it to himself. And because he's doing that, his strength is being depleted. He's feeling weak. He feels a strain. He knows that something is right. And what I love about science is science always catches up to the Bible. Studies now show us that keeping secrets damages your mental health. You guys know that? That people who keep secrets in actually feel it physically. That when you keep your sin to yourself, you deteriorate. That you inside begin to die. It is unnatural. It is not the heart of God for you to continue moving in such a way where you don't open up and confess. I'm struggling. Help. I want to walk with the Father. I want to walk with my brothers. I'm tired of pretending. I'm tired of hanging out and talking about who's the best basketball player, but you don't know that in my soul I'm wondering, does God exist? Is God real? I'm tired of coming to chapel and wondering, is this preacher man talking nonsense? Am I the only one crazy? Is everybody here in love with Jesus or am I the only one who feels like an atheist or someone who doesn't care or someone who's an Like, I need to walk in the light. Please help If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves. I, I just, maybe this will help disarm us. Did you know that every single person in this room struggles? I got a confession. Did you know that what qualified me to come and preach to you was not the fact that I'm perfect? I got some news. I am imperfect. That's why I do life with people. My brothers know my shortcomings, where I fall short. I don't want you thinking I'm being used because I got my ducks in a row. I'm a mess. I'm walking in the light not because I've got it together. I'm walking in the light because I bring my sin to the light. Here's some good news. Everybody here struggles. The Bible says if you would disagree with that or if you don't, if you don't acknowledge that, you deceive yourself and the truth is not in you. If we confess our sins, 
He is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. You know what I love about the Bible? It's for our freedom. So when the Bible calls us to walk in the light, to fellowship with the Father, to fellowship with one another, it's for you. Jesus said, I have came to give you life and life to the fullest. I'm not against your joy. I'm for your joy. I don't know about you. I grew up in a church where I felt like God did not want to have, didn't, didn't want me to have fun. I can't smoke? What? <laughs> I can't party? What? Like Christianity is boring. I can't do what? I can't say what? I can't go where? And then you get a little older and you start to realize, oh no, these are safeguards. Oh no, God is calling us to a life that's more productive, that would agree with your mental health, that would agree with your physical health, that will agree with your relational health. God is calling you to freedom. And when you walk in the light, John tells us that he is faithful and just to forgive you. You know why that's good news? Because God is not like man who lies. When he says he's faithful, you know what that means? Every time you say, I'm struggling, God is faithful to forgive. I have good news for us today. How many of you guys know God has more love to give than you have sin to commit? The Bible says his mercies are new every morning. His mercy is more faithful than the sun. Think about that for a second. And no matter what you did last night, no matter what you entertained yesterday, no matter what it is that you engaged in, this morning when you woke up, God said, I got new mercy for you. I've got new grace for you. I've got more love for you. Come walk in the light. Tell on yourself so that I can forgive you, so that I can love on you, so that you can experience freedom, so that you can experience deep, meaningful relationship and fellowship. He's faithful and he's just. That God is obligated to forgive us because the wrath of God is satisfied. Jesus took all of our sin on the cross. Past, present, future. There's nothing that you have done, there's nothing that you are doing, and there's nothing that you will do that isn't covered by the blood of Jesus. God is not looking to punish his children. He disciplines us, but God doesn't punish us. Why? Because Jesus took our punishment. And for him to not forgive you would be unjust of God. The wrath of God is satisfied. John says, you can confess because you're forgiven. You can confess because you're taken care of. Maybe we don't confess because we're scared that we will disqualify us from the love of God. Anybody ever been there before? Like, yeah, I would tell on myself. But I don't know, man. I might get judged. <laughs> I don't know, man. People might not start seeing me as a Christian. Yeah, I would confess. I don't know, though. Like, people not, might not accept my faith. Here, here, I got some good news for you. For, actually, let's, let's make it really practical. Um, you got to be very uh, 
wise and who you confess your sins to. I'm not, so I'm not saying when Shuffle gets out, go out there and be like, hey guys, last night, <laughs> right? Just blasting all of your sin, going on social media. I've got a confession, Instagram fan, right? Like I'm not, I'm not saying go out and just make it public to everybody and everyone, right? That's, that's not what I'm saying. <laughs> Find people who know the gospel. Find people that believe in the gospel. Find people that know that righteousness has nothing to do with your performance. It has everything to do with Jesus's. Walk with people who understand that we are loved not because we did anything, but because of who Jesus is. You gotta find people that understand their identity in Christ so that you have the freedom to tell on yourself. And when you tell on yourself, two things happen. You begin to have deep, meaningful relationships with people. Because I'll just say this, when I confess my sins with my brothers, I walk away feeling like when they say they love me, they mean it. (laughs) They, they, They don't love me because of what I do for them. They don't love me because what I represent. They don't love me because of my gifts. They don't love me because of any of that. They love me because they know me. Confession of sin opens the door to deep, meaningful relationships. And then secondly, confession of sin opens the door for you to experience the love of God in new and fresh ways. That as you begin to confess and you begin to walk in the light, you begin to explore the depth of the cross. You guys remember that old worship song, and I'll never know, I won't sing it because I can't sing, how much it costs to see my sin upon that curse. Some of y'all nodding, yeah. Don't rob yourself of an opportunity to get a revelation of the love of God. The more you confess, the more you are blown away by how his love will continue to meet you. That there's nothing that you will ever do that will make God turn his head from you. Let me pray for us and we'll be done for today. God, we thank you for all the students in this room. We thank you for their heart. We thank you for choosing them, for calling them. We thank you for the work that you've begun in them, Lord. We hold on to the promise that says that the good work that you have started, you are faithful to complete. And Father, I ask and I beg and I plead with you that you will raise up some students that want to walk in the light, that are done playing pretend, that want to walk in deep, meaningful fellowship with one another. Father, I pray that you give courage to your students, courage to your children to say, hey, this is my struggle. This is where I fall. This is where I miss the mark. Father, I pray that they are met with unconditional love from people, unconditional love from you. I pray that they walk in the freedom that you promised us. And Lord, I pray that you are glorified in all of it. Father, we commit and we submit our lives to you. You do as you see fit. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. God bless you guys.